Mmm, that's good. That is the sound of a brewed up new episode of Digital Coffee. Yes, it's a new week, Woo, new episode with a whole bunch of things since, uh, well, the CIA and WikiLeaks. Well, all that fun stuff, Vault 7. Oh, Vault 7. Reminds me of Fallout 4, except that it's worse. Well, I don't know about worse, because Fallout 4 is all about, you know, d destruction. But anyways, I'm your host, Brett Deister, so let's get on with the tech news. We'll, we'll talk about the Vault 7 a little bit later, but let's talk about other stuff, too. Ooh. So it looks like WhatsApp is testing out uh, a way to make money, because it actually really isn't making money. It isn't making Facebook any money. Facebook needs, needs the moolah. It needs the money, and Facebook really wants that, because if you look at Instagram, if you look at Facebook, Facebook Messenger, it's all about the ads, and they want those ads in different ways. But WhatsApp is more looking for businesses, and to actually have a business side of WhatsApp for that. That's how they're going to do it. It's probably the smarter way of doing it. They did originally have a 99 cent fee for a year, which isn't that much, uh, but they got rid of that once they were bought out by Facebook, and so they got so now they're looking for something else, and this is what they're doing instead. Is it going to be good? Maybe, maybe not. They're testing it out in India right now, so we'll we'll eventually figure out if they'll roll it out everywhere. Uh, this could bring more bots into WhatsApp, but he's, the problem with it with bots is that. It hasn't really worked out very well because they're not very smart. They're kind of annoying, and you just don't want to. You don't want to listen to them anymore. Uh, but that's that's really what it's all about. So it should be interesting to see what's going on with that. If it actually will work out, or if it will actually falter and stumble. And what's up? We'll still not make any money, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it will work out. But so uh, moving on to Instagram because Facebook. Instagram, WhatsApp, they're all owned by the same company. They decided to make geo stickers because why not copy Snapchat even more? Yay, I still have a bone to pick with you, Instagram. I don't like your shadow banning, and I feel like you shadow banned my account a little bit because my likes have gone down. But anyways, talking about this, yes, it's just a long march of getting everything from Snapchat uh, over to Instagram. Now, the thing is that I think Snapchat needs to do, it just needs to out-innovate Facebook. Let them just borrow your features and then keep on doing more and more new things. So, who cares if they copy you? Just have more and more things, and so they have to always keep on catching up. Because this is kind of old. I mean, Snapchat's had this for a while. So, I, I don't really see a... They could get mad, and right, rightfully so. It's Facebook is just blatantly copying everything Instagram... I mean, Snapchat does. Uh, mostly on Instagram, but here's my thing. Snapchat, all you need to do is to out-innovate, just keep on making new updates, and just make Facebook always have to, you know, copy their features. So you're just like, oh, look, you want to make this? Well, we're making this. Or maybe make some, like, new quasi-feature that they're, they're input to. I don't know. Just make something ridiculous, because it feels like just everything you do, they just copy. So that's what, that's what I would do, is just keep on being ridiculous about it. I mean, I keep on saying this, I'll say this again. In Facebook... You have lost all innovation. You don't have it anymore. It's done. You just you're out of ideas. So you just copy the new guy all the time. It seems like it's just it's just ridiculous. And I'm still mad at you, Instagram. Yeah, shadow bang's not cool. I don't like it. I feel like you've done it, and I don't really know why you've done it because I haven't really broken your terms of services. But eh, moving on. I still have a bone to pick with you, Instagram, but moving on, because people don't want to hear that stuff. Are you using WordPress or WordPress.com? 
Well, it looks like you can uh, collaborate it with Google Docs. That's right, you can, you know, type in Google Docs and then merge it over to WordPress. Uh, and this isn't just WordPress.com, it's actually WordPress in general. As long as you have Jetpack uh, plugin installed, you can use that regardless. Now, what you gotta do is you gotta install a plugin for Google Docs and then you can do it that way. This is the closest we can get for actually real-time collaboration and not messing up your margins. Uh, since School Docs is a great, uh, I mean, it's great word processing that you get for free uh, with some limitations in storage, but it's still a lot of storage, or I have a lot of storage. Uh, but I think it's actually a really good thing, especially if you don't really just want to type on WordPress.com all the time and you want to do something else. This is a uh, way of doing it, especially if you're always on Google Docs and this is your uh, go-to word processing uh, software. This is probably the best thing for you to do. But yeah, you can finally write and collaborate and then not have to copy and paste. You can just merge it over through Google Docs. Yay, no more screwed up margins. Happy days. Oh, happy days. Moving on to, oh, coffee. Yes, it wouldn't be digital coffee without talking about coffee every once in a while. And there's this new company trying to take on or at least uh, disrupt the instant coffee brewing business. That's right, it's called Sudden Coffee. And I've never liked instant coffee. I think it's awful. Uh, and so what they're trying to do is they're trying to find a new way of brewing it and storing it to make it actually taste good and not be so bad because most of it is bad. So they have a new uh, roasting process where they actually aren't over-roasting it because most of the time these companies are over-roasting their products. And what it does in this brewing process is make sure that it gets um, a lot of the sweet, lighter tones of the coffee because your coffee actually has flavor profiles that Starbucks never has. Starbucks has burnt profiles all the time. Unless you get those uh, very flavored drinks and it's just sugar all the time. Anyways, um, that's how it does it. And then it has a dehydration process, uh, which is done uh, in a different way than what dehydration process does normally. In dehydration process, normally it's all in bulk and high temperatures, and you lose a lot of things when you do that with coffee. If you kind of double roast it or double prepare it, it's not very good. It's actually really terrible. And so I, I kind of like what Sudden is actually doing. Um, they have a freeze drying technique. Um, so it is interesting that they're doing this in general. But um, I like their brewing process, which is basically a fully, enclo fully enclosed centrifugal brewing system that allows for any aroma, for no aroma to escape whatsoever. Nothing. Um, and extract the coffee at low temperature, 80 to 90 Celsius, which is pretty low. Um, as a result, you get all the good stuff that you want. You get the sweetness, the fruitiness, and some of the acidity. If you're doing cold brew, there's no acidity, so if you're worried about that, go cold brew instead. Uh, but I like uh, it's doing, uh, I haven't tried it yet, but it looks like for the most part, this is way better um, than the other instant coffees, which, I mean, yeah. I mean, instant coffee is Nescafe, which is awful. Uh, Starbucks, which is still awful. And there's, I think there's a few others, but they're all bad. Um, but this is just a way for remote areas that probably can't, can't get good coffee to actually get somewhat decent coffee. But yeah, I actually recommend checking it out. It's called Sudden Coffee if you really want to check it out. All right, there is a uh, new startup called Gobi that is a way for people to, you know, get opinions, collaborate, and share different things on its own 
uh, platform. It originally was a Snapchat group of over 4,000, and Snapchat was like, nope, nope, you can't do it. We're shutting it down. So they decided to build their own group. So it's a way for staring, sharing uh, stories without the Snapchat with uh, communication tools, and that's everything from you know Facebook posts, pictures, GIFs, videos, memes, all that other fun stuff you can share it all get feedback there's interactive stickers on there as well it looks very interesting it's also on iOS and Android I just downloaded it so I actually will try it out but it's interesting to see how this will actually um, go in competition with Snapchat Snapchat's got a lot of competition in general this is just another one to offer up its competition in the race for being cool hip and all that other fun stuff for tech uh, Facebook's afraid of Snapchat, rightfully so. Instagram is well, Instagram, and you're not, you're not my favorite since you're owned by Facebook. You've been done some of the things I don't really like. Yes, Instagram, I'm still gonna throw you under the bus, even if you don't listen to me or ever get back to me about that stuff. I'm still throwing you under the bus. Uh, but yeah, I I think this is very interesting. I like how it's on both platforms, and it, the app was launched about two years ago. Little, little under two years ago, August 2015, it has over 70,000 users, which is good. But I like how it really wants to have groups that you can have two people um, or a group of people sharing different things and also embedding videos, audio tracks, and more. So this could be a great communication tool for podcasters, for uh, aspiring YouTube creators, and anything else in between. So I like, I like the idea of this. I like where it's going, but let's see where it goes is the biggest problem. All right, now the affirmation Vault 7 or zero, uh, year zero, not zero hours, year zero, which was a leak from WikiLeaks that basically showed that the government was just spying on us even more. Uh, it could easily bypass uh, iPhones, Android phones, smart TVs, but I've said this in my other podcast, Smart TVs aren't very hard to bypass. Anybody can do it in about four seconds. They have terrible security. So if you have one, turn off the smartness of it and just let it be just a normal TV. You don't need all that stuff because you want to be secure, and that's the best way of being secure. But Vault 7 uh, had some interesting things because it looks like the CIA was collecting malware, different types of um, exploits, that it could use against iPhones, Android phones, Windows operating systems, and more as well. And it's just not good because what this basically says is that the CIA, the U.S. government, does not care about its protection of its citizens and would rather spy on them. Once again, they just don't care. Now, the more important thing is that the did the previous president know about this and did it allow it? Uh, because then it could back up the claim about what Trump said about him being wiretapped. But in general, if everybody was being tapped or spied upon, this wouldn't be uh, this wouldn't be a oh you're the only one, but you are the one of 300 million people in the United States. But still, my problem is is that they had all these software tools, all these other malware exploits that they knew about, and that they just kept did not share it with these companies to help them bulk up their security why would you not want to do that i don't understand it's really dumb the funny part is, is that well apple and google were like well these these reports are bogus we've already we've already um 
plugged all these things. These are old. Of course, every company would say that. No company's gonna be like, oh, whoa, yeah, that's pretty bad. We're we're gonna we're gonna work on that. No, we're gonna say, yeah, we already did it. Duh, it's already it's already fixed. It's already plugged. My other thing about uh, Vault Seven was the smart the cars about how it could basically hack your car, um, lock your brakes up, or do something other to deploy the airbag. Do something that's not very good for you. And that's another very scary thing about that as well. Now, if you read the news or if you actually listen to this podcast, you know that I've said that smart cars are very easily hacked too. The problem is with this is that a lot of these companies aren't thinking about security. They're thinking about innovation first, and security come, becomes last. And the problem is with that is that you're going to have a very dangerous moment where people will be hacked, people will be killed, and either a foreign entity or even the U.S. government themselves will be able to do it. It's very Big Brother-esque. It does really concern me. It does worry me that the CIA knew about this and they just do not care about their own citizens. They rather track them, they rather spy on them than actually help the companies and help the U.S. citizens become safer and more secure. No, we gotta spy on them. We gotta be this nefarious for reasons, because we always got to be spying on our on our citizens. This is just confirming how much we don't trust each other even more. Uh, I mean, thank God the WikiLeaks did this, but however, the CIA should have known about this. If there was really bad bugs or really bad exploits, they should they should have contacted them. Now it's interesting to see that the encryption tools used in some of these that were actually hacked by uh, WhatsApp, Signal, all of them, they weren't really bypassed. They were bypassed by the phones that they could get into it. So the, they cracked the phones to get into the encryption for WhatsApp and Signal. It wasn't that they actually cracked the encryptions. They didn't do that at all because it's harder to do that. The easier target is to go for the less secure um, way of doing it. So that might be the phones in general. Now, like I said before, Google and Apple have been like, oh, hey, we looked into this, we all got it, no problems. Facebook was like, we're looking into it, we have no comments on this. And the CIA was like, well, we don't really comment at all because, well, if we did, we might look like idiots. We might look like really terrible people because that's what you look like right now. Am I happy about this? No. Am I surprised about this? Definitely not because of the NSA and what they did for 13 years with PRISM. Yeah. It's nothing new. We've been warned about this. This is going to happen again. The government's going to try it again. They're going to try to. They just aren't smart anymore, especially when you're trying. Especially instead of being like a light touch approach, using malware to try to break into the back door and be more brute force. It's just never a good idea, and this is not going to end very well. I don't think it's going to end very well. I don't know. Just me. Could be it. Also, the U.S. government, because they're so lovely when they do this, decided that, uh, well, they're going to roll back some of the stuff that the FCC uh, placed. The thing that has me worried is that they are rolling back the way ISPs uh, can share the data with a U.S. government without permission. And that's what I don't want to see. The problem is they're trying to equate this with uh, other tech companies like browsers, uh, that don't have the same thing or social uh, networking companies that do know a lot about you. But however, uh, these ISP companies have been collecting Trevor, treasure troves of data because they have even more direct source of what you do. And I don't like this because even if I'm on the right side, the right is completely in bed with the ISPs, the broadband companies, and 
So, and I do not like where this is going. Trump, Trump has claimed about draining the swamp. Well, draining your own swamp. Draining your own swamp of being um, paid off by the internet service providers and by uh, the, cell, the cell phone providers as well because this is what they're doing. They want to collect your data. They want to easily share it without any repercussions from it, and this is the way of doing it. I want to see net neutrality. I do not like where this is going because net neutrality does help with that too. But also, fine, have a streamlined approach for regulations. I'm all fine with that. But when you have an opt-out consent for to share sensitive personal information from these places, um, uh, I just, I just don't, I just don't like it. I just don't like it at all. Don't like where this is going. I really want this to stop. Uh, I am. I was never for Trump in general, but I wasn't so vastly against him like anybody else. Um, but uh, my problem is with this is that it's 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 just it's just not good when I read this and it's like oh yes we're trying to simplify rules and make sure it's an opt out instead of an opt in for customers so that ISPs or internet service pro providers can share sensitive data because totally if I knew that they were sharing data I would totally opt in automatically for it without my consent you can't even do this with medical professionals they have to you have to give consent for this this should be the same way if they have personal information they have they have to get consent there's no other way of doing this i should not have to say hey you're not allowed to give you're not allowed to share my personal information they should be asking me this is just common sense and i just don't get this part it's like oh we're trying to make it easier no you're trying to make it easier to share information you're not trying to make it easier for the businesses businesses have to follow rules let them follow rules this is nothing against them at all. It's just I want them to be more opt-in than opt-out. Opt-out is just a lazy way of them sharing data. It's like, oh, you didn't tell us not to do it. <sighs> That's all I gotta say about that. Um, but moving on to another interesting thing. So Con, uh, Confide, which is supposedly very secure messaging services, isn't so uh, secure. Uh, IO, uh, IO Active, excuse me, so cover, uh, discovered uh, several critical flaws in Confide. That's right. Uh, basically, what it found is that you can impersonate uh, another user by hijacking their account sessions. You can impersonate another user by guessing their password and learn the contact uh, contact details of all or specific Confide users and become an inter intermediary in conversations and decrypt messages. And after the contents of the message are attached is in transit without first decrypting it. It's not good. And then this comes after the Vault 7 uh, kind of WikiLeak discoveries. This is just not good for Confide. Uh, they should probably look into this because if they're touting that they are really secure and they're not really secure, and there's ways of exploiting these bugs, it's not very good, especially if you just hired a security expert a month ago. That means you didn't really have security in mind. You just want to say, hey, we're more secure than everybody else because everybody else didn't really have very secure systems, but we had more secure systems, but we're not really that secure because you can still find exploits for it. You're secure, you're not. You can't just say, we're kind of we're kind of sort of secure, but not really. If you kind of dig into it, please don't look into it. We're not that secure. That's, 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 how, that's how I see it. Not very good. Not from what I'm looking at, it's not very good. Not at all. Not in the slightest. 
But it is what I mean. It is what it is. I mean, this this is this is the nature of tech. You have something somewhat secure, but there's always exploits, and I understand that part. But when you tout that you're so secure, and when you're not really so secure, you're kind of just completely missing your own marketing points, and your marketing points are, are moot. They just don't matter anymore. There's no matter whatsoever. Just throwing around things like, oh yeah, we're secure, but not really, because we just don't do that well. We don't have a security expert, but we, we kind of get it. We're kind of doing it. I mean, as long as you don't exploit those stuff, it's secure, but if you exploit it, it's not really that secure, because you can decrypt the messages. So what's the point of your whole thing if you can already decrypt it? It's, it's, it's a head-scratcher, to be honest with you. What's a bigger head-scratcher is... Microsoft had a social networking site, yes, and it wasn't LinkedIn because LinkedIn was was made before all this. And Microsoft made so.cl, and it it was kind of sort of a social networking spot, but not really because it used Facebook sign up for it, and it was kind of like a Facebook app, but it was a it was a way to. Um, Collaborate and share information, but it was really wasn't um, really wasn't for the mainstream. Like they kind of had it, but they didn't really tout it. And then now it's closing. So it's been around since 2011, and they decided, you know what? We have LinkedIn. We're good. We don't really need to do this. And I agree with them. They really don't need to do that. It just it looks interesting. It looks very Pinterest style in some ways. It looks very um, Google Plus now in some ways. And that was made in 2011. Google Plus probably should take some pointers from this one. Just saying. Um, but it allows you to connect to your different social networking sites as well. Um, it allows you to post uh, collections, following followers, other things. It, it was a very interesting uh, way for it to have a unique community of creators and share things as well. But um, I think since acquiring LinkedIn... It kind of was like, yeah, we don't really need to be working on this because we already have LinkedIn. It's better because people actually use it or know about it. I don't even know about this. And I know about almost every social network that is out there. That's the weird thing about it. I almost I didn't even know about this. But it was in 2011, so I really wasn't in the know about that. Now I'm in the know. It's kind of scary sometimes. Don't ever go into my head. Unless you're a big brother, then really, really don't go into my head. Anyways, moving on to uh, acquisition news. Okay, so Pinterest acquired Jelly. Now, if you don't know what Jelly is, it was um, done a few years ago. It was a mobile-only question-answer site that was very interesting but just did not have the traction that they were seeing. So they pivoted to some other app. Then they pivoted back with more of a search in mind of a Google search created by humans or curated by humans in general. It was actually pretty nice and pretty good. I've used it every once in a while. The only problem is it never had an Android app and so it was harder to use it because I had to be in the computer to actually use it. I wanted an Android app and they just never came out with it. Well, Pinterest has acquired them. Uh, so best of luck to you. I don't think this is a bad idea. Pinterest is a very great company. This could actually help uh, Pinterest in more of machine learning and kind of curating those types of things and maybe actually giving them a boost up in search as well because it was it had a lot of search functions inside Jelly. Now will it be a standalone app forever? Maybe not. They may integrate a lot of things. It could just be its own thing as well. We just don't really know because acquisitions are very are kind of a tricky thing um, from this point but 
hey, if they thought it was a great idea, best of luck for Jelly and Pinterest, and I hope this is a really great, uh, really great venture for both of them as well. Uh, but yeah, but mm, should we see if it actually will, uh, if it will actually still be around in a couple of years? Maybe, maybe not. You don't really quite know. You never really know about this, but. Uh, the reason why acquiring was probably because it was a really good deal and it seemed like a really good way of, you know, going about it, making sure that you're, you know, f financially secure, financially stable. Um, but like I said before, we don't really don't really know if this will still remain a standalone app or if it will be folded into Pinterest in general, which it could be. I uh, just don't really know quite know yet because acquisitions are a little tricky. Sometimes they they stay the standalone company and then. Eventually, they fold into it, and sometimes they stay as a standalone company for the foreseeable future. Look at Instagram. Look at WhatsApp. You never really know. Also, Google has acquired Kaggle, which is a community for data scientists. Now, Google has been having a bunch of competition in the AIs, machine learning, uh, deep learning uh, area with uh, NVIDIA. AMD is getting into it. Uh, Intel is getting into it. All these other places are getting into it. Uh, Facebook's getting into it. Uh, so they need to they need to stay on top and try to make sure they get the best top talent they can. So this is just another step on forward to making sure that they keep on having the most top talent available. Uh, is this a great move? It's probably a great move for them. Uh, congratulations to Kegel for actually getting acquired, and hopefully it's a great deal in general. But data scientists, data science in general is a very popular hot topic, especially for Google since it's trying to maintain its dominance in the search, especially in image search, which Pinterest is really good at right now, and they're really diving into that as well. Uh, but also staying on top of everything else because they have Google Home, they got Nest, they have AI, which they're trying to build up with Google Assistant. They got all these different types of things. So this is just a great way to already have a community pre-built. So I don't have to actually build a community because that takes a while and to see if they can find top talent for it as well. So it seems like a really good deal for Google. Don't know any other way. Now, if you're a Vimeo user, uh, they rolled out support for 360 video. Woohoo! So now you can share, watch, upload that content as well. They also have a way for you to get paid. It's not through ads. So instead of just giving it for free, you can instead um, have a rent uh, a rent system in place for there or sell your video uh, or rent it for a subscription as well. So uh, I like Vimeo because it's a great way to find really great uh, uh, videographers. Uh, also share your own skills more so in this one than YouTube. YouTube's great and all, but this one's more for like the um, extreme professionals that want to do film, actual feature films and more high style video work, I guess is the best way of saying it. But anyways, it's a really great move. I like the moves they're doing this. I think it's a great, it's always been a great source. It's just had to pivot away from what it used to be, which was competitive for YouTube and be more of an artsy high class way of doing it. This is what I can kind of conceive of it in my mind for it. And also, um, it looks like Microsoft and ARM is going after Intel in the server space. That's right. Intel has always been top dog in server space. AMD is trying to get back into it and trying to be the biggest competition. And Windows and ARM are trying to do it as well with their new Windows server or the Mount uh, Project Olympus. Sorry, Project Olympus, uh, which is a way for... Um, Microsoft and Qualcomm to work together to actually make non 
x86 servers. So x86 servers is what primarily been chips were been about. Um, it's it's what AMD moved back to. So the bulldozer, which was the CPU, the previous generation, were using ARM technology. It was supposed to be more efficient, better, they said in general, but it really didn't perform as well. Um, the reason being was because optimization, Windows not really being optimized for it as well, and also other few other things, but it just never really... Uh, it didn't do well for AMD. That's why they moved back to x86 processors. However, uh, looks like Microsoft and Qualcomm are trying to bridge that gap and make uh, servers way more affordable in that space because the problem is that Intel owns about majority of the marketplace. It's Intel saying 98% of the cloud space. So what that means in general is that they own, they are the monopoly. They own the majority very much, very well, the majority. And so with this alternative of using the ARM tech, uh, infrastructure instead of uh, x86 will be cost efficient in bringing those, <laughs> bringing them down, bringing those prices down. Because the problem is that Intel has raised those prices so high that even their consumer chips are really expensive. I mean, there's one's a thousand dollars where you can get the, uh, the new Ryzen uh, 1800X for half the price. Which is good because there's bring competition back and Intel's gonna have to figure out a new way of doing it, making their chips more cost effective and not losing their revenue. Um, because the problem is they're probably gonna be using a ton of revenue for this as well. But I like where this is going in this direction. I like competition, I think it's a great competition for businesses in general. They have the Ryzen soon, or Naples is what uh, Ryzen is being announcing for this. I mean, AMD is announcing for the, that side of it. They have uh, Microsoft and ARM or Qualcomm doing this as well, and they have Intel. Uh, so it's great. It's great to see that there's a lot of comp. There's at least three com three major competitions going on, and that's good. That's what we want to see. We want to see competition. We want to see those chips uh, coming down, especially for small businesses that may have to run some uh, server farms or even bigger businesses as well. Just want to you know cut costs because it's expensive. Uh, but I like to see where this is going. Now moving on to apps or programs you should try out. So there is a way of sharing sound like a gif but with sound called soundy uh, so you can share anything there's hashtags you could look at it uh, you can play it first and then you can share it create your new sound as well so if you want if you want to get into that it's called soundy and I actually tried this when it was just penny but now penny 2.0 is kind of a way to keep your finances in order and it's on Android and iOS I used 1.0 it was actually pretty good it was actually pretty functional bot it wasn't too bad it just eventually just didn't use it that much um, but if you are one of those that really wants to make sure that you are keeping track of your finances this could be a great one for you they say they have bank grade security so take that with a grain of salt but it's on iOS and Android and it takes about five minutes to set up. Now, I'm on this, and I'm trying to get back into it, but it's called Anchor. Anchor is, it was called audio blogging, and the first version was uh, two minutes, and then you send it out, and then people wave back. Well, they're kind of pivoting to be a little bit more of an all-inclusive way of sharing sound and actually doing it. So it's not two minutes anymore, it looks like. It looks like it's much longer, which I think is actually really good. And now it's stations instead of waves, which is another great thing. I actually like where it's doing with this. I'm trying to use it way more because I think it's actually a really good place of doing it. So I can do tech, marketing, and gaming, and little bite size what I can't do in my bigger podcasts. So you can get more content through there as well because I'm trying to give you guys as much content as I can. It's difficult sometimes. But yeah, this is what I'm 
trying to do. I think Anchor is a great uh, platform for it. You can find, share, discover anything. It does entertainment, tech, um, reading, literature, news, a whole bunch of things. They had gaming for a while. Hopefully, maybe I'll bring gaming back. But yeah, check it out. And if you have a Pixel phone, uh, looks like Layer is making the thinnest case for the Pixel ever. It's about 0.3 millimeters thick. That's pretty. It's pretty light. Um, and it's invisible protection. You can't even see it unless you're holding it and know that you actually have it. But anyways, it looks very interesting. You can get an early bird 20% off discount if you want to. But that's if you have a Pixel phone. If you don't have a Pixel phone, don't even look at it. I have a Pixel phone. It's a great phone. If you're looking for a new phone, I would recommend the Pixel phone. Just saying. But anyways, that is the end of Digital Coffee for this week. Thank you for tuning in, as always. And follow Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Tune in as well. Also follow Digital Coffee on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Google, uh, Google Plus, uh, YouTube, Anchor Radio. I'm on there. Uh, Player.me and many more. And if if you like these podcasts, please consider supporting me on Patreon and Podbean. And I have great uh, coffee mugs and t-shirts in the Digital Coffee Podcast Store. Just check that one out and pick one up and show off your geek cred if you really want to. All right, join me on Friday when I go through gaming news in Gamers Cafe. All right, guys, have a good Thursday. Later. Later.